0: Well, hey, friends, what's up? Pastor JF here. I want to welcome you to Pacific Coast Church. And I have the absolute privilege of being one of the co-lead pastors here alongside my wife, Pastor Ashley. And if this is your first time joining us here at Church Online, I want you to know just how honored we are that you're taking part of your weekend to join us. And also, if you're new, you got to know that we're just a brand new church here in the Pacific Northwest, and you know, God's already doing some pretty amazing things within our young congregation. So, uh, I just want to once again give a huge shout out to our amazing Dream Team volunteers. You guys serve so faithfully. I just want to say thank you for all your willingness to serve the local church and our community. And listen, summer's officially begun. And I'm just excited for the gatherings that are coming down the pike this summer. And speaking of summer, if you live up here in the Northwest, you can already feel this extreme summer heat, right? I mean, man, it's hot out there. And so make sure you're staying safe out there, okay? Stay hydrated. Drink the water if you're able to, I mean, I don't know, go find a, a lake to jump in. If you got a jet ski, give me a call. I don't know. If you need to pull someone on an inner tube, i got a bunch of little kids that live with me. I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm here. So hit me up on text, right? But seriously though, I, Hey, I, I just, uh, I know, I know I, I just mentioned it, but we're just excited to physically gather this summer, whether that's at one of our in-person gatherings on Sunday, or we got some church picnics buy some water, and it's going to be a great time playing volleyball together. all of that summer stuff, all those activities. That's all coming down the pike, but one of the main things that we're all about here is small groups, and what you need to know if you're brand new, our church, PCC, we're not just a church that has small groups. No, no, no. We actually are a church of small groups, and the reason why that's our approach is because we just, not just, we, we don't just believe it. But we've seen it so often that as you know, when you show up on a Sunday or in a large gathering, it's hard, it's hard to get those personal connections. And in small groups, that's where we're able to be really close and we're able to open up some more. We're able to get a little bit more vulnerable. And that's really where the healing comes. And that's really where authentic community happens. And so we want you to be a part of that. Go to our website, check out all the different groups that we have, all right? Hey, I want to encourage all of us today in our giving of our tithes and our offerings. And, you know, I want to say if you're brand new, please don't feel any pressure to participate right now financially. This is for those of us who call Pacific Coast Church our church. And and there's different ways that you can give. Primarily, we give online right, right now, whether that's through our website or you can even text a different giving option that we have and if that's convenient for for you just text the word Pacific to 84576 and a link will come your way on your smart device you can also give by check just make the checks payable to Pacific Coast Church P.O. Box 66026 Tacoma Washington 98467 Um, and I just want to encourage you with just this little thought on generosity today did you know that bumblebees are not supposed to fly did you know that According to physics and science and the laws of aerodynamics, it's impossible for them to become airborne. Why? Well, because their oversized, bulky bodies and their little tiny wings uh, mean that they should never be able to leave the ground. So I I guess the scientists forgot to tell the bumblebee, or maybe the bumblebee just wasn't paying paying attention in their bumblebee physics classes, I I don't know. But I love that fact because it illustrates something that we see in our world all the time things that are supposed to be impossible happen right around us little creatures that aren't supposed to fly buzz through the air people with dark pasts are called by god to do great things marriages beyond repair are restored and redeemed without faith it's impossible to please god that that's what the bible says in hebrews chapter 11 and one of, the, one of the ways that we respond in faith to God's grace and God's goodness is in the area of generosity. When we sacrificially give, even in ways that don't make sense to the eyes of the world, we're honoring God with, here it is, faith. When we listen to God's word and God's voice more than we listen to the doomsday news and the advice from people all around us, we're acting in faith. So I guess the, I guess the bumblebee defies the laws of physics and Here's the thing, generosity defies the laws of selfishness. The way to have more is to give more. The, the, the way to be more blessed is to live more generously. So right now, I'm gonna take a minute and pray for us and, and then we're gonna receive our offering today. And just one more time, you're, you're able to give online and you could give through our website and, or you could write up that checkout. But I just want you to know that it's through generosity where God responds, it's stepping out in faith. That's what this church is all about. Man, in our, in, our, in our human thinking, this is kind of a scary thing we're doing. But God said, do it, trust me, take one step, and I will open up the doors. And that's what he's doing here at Pacific Coast Church. And I thank every one of you who has already sown so many seeds, financial seeds, into this new work. God is just, I'm telling you what he's, he's multiplying. And so, bless you and thank you. And maybe you're here today, you're watching online and you you haven't you know maybe participated financially yet. You know what? I am not trying to force anything on you whatsoever. Ask God, say, God, what would you have me do? And I promise you, he'll let you know, all right. But man, stepping out in faith and generosity, I'm telling you for my wife and I, man, for my family, God has blessed us so much. Some of the most supernatural moments in our faith happen through just taking steps of faith in the area of finances and giving to God's work. All right. So I'm going to pray. And uh, today we're wrapping up our Dear Ephesus series. We got a new one coming that we're really excited about. Man, I just have had so much fun being a part of this series. And hey, if you've missed any any of the uh, sermons, the talks of this series, you can find all of that on our social media youtube and and facebook and all the different things but let let me pray and then we're going to get to a phenomenal teaching today from pastor ashley god i just thank you for this wonderful day lord god as we're baking in this heat it kind of reminds me of what you're doing spiritually within our new church community man you're god you're heating things up for the good so lord god we thank you for all that you've already done god i thank you for the provision that you've already laid out for us. And so God, I pray that you would bless every one of my friends right now as we all take a step of faith, whether that's in our families, in our, in our in our jobs, Lord God, in what you're calling us to do financially, Lord Jesus. May we trust in you even more with our money. And Lord God, you always respond. You are our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So bless every one of my friends as they give today to this new work where you're already moving and changing people's lives. All right, Lord, we thank you as we give. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.
1: Hey, Pacific Coast Church, Pastor Ashley here. We are wrapping up this Dear Ephesus series today, but I have to say it has been so timely, especially for JF and myself. It's been incredible to see how God is speaking today today Through the words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church he planted in Ephesus centuries ago. If you didn't check out Pastor J.F.'s message last week on Father's Day, I want to encourage you to do that as soon as you can. He unpacks three words that have unfortunately been weaponized by so many, but that the Lord wants us to be clear on. I believe it's one of those foundational messages that helps to define not only our relationships, but where God is calling us as a church. JF ended last week having covered the first section of the last chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians 6. So today we're going to read most of the last section of that last chapter to complete this oh-so-important series. Let's look at the text together and then we'll break it down it's going to be powerful. Open your Bibles to Ephesians 6 or it's going to be on the screens starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Now, I'm going to stop there because therefore means everything that we understand, since that is the reality, this is what we have to do. Put on the full armor of God. He reiterates that so that when the day of evil comes, though remember he says when, not if, because everybody faces evil days regardless of what their Instagram story says, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand. with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Wow, so powerful. Paul is giving these final instructions to Ephesus, and admitting that he's not only in physical chains, but he's dealing with fear over preaching the gospel in the way that God's called him to. I gotta tell you, that is reassuring to me. I hope it is to you. Battling fear and any of these other things does not discount you from being used mightily by God. Somebody needs to hear that. I wanna go back to the first verse that we read. I wanna talk today about three areas concerning spiritual warfare that Paul introduces quite blatantly, in these closing thoughts. Those three areas are going to be our points today. So let's go back and read verse 10 again. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. The first area concerning spiritual warfare that we want to talk about today, if you're taking notes, number one, your strength. Your strength. This past week, some of our friends invited us to join them for a few days in a lake house that they had rented nearby. It was an incredible house on a beautiful lake, and they have a boat, and all the kids got to do all kinds of swimming and boating and tubing, and it was super fun, but for me personally, I really enjoyed playing lifeguard, holding all the babies while the others were taking turns on the boat and the tubes. But on the last day, JF said to me, hey babe, it's our turn. And I said, what do you mean? And he was like, "Um, on the tube, it's our turn. And I said, babe, they just took the big doubles tube off. No, no, no. It's only this tiny little single person tube now. There's no way we can fit on it together. And of course he said, oh yeah, we can. And not really fitting will make it even more fun. Come on, babe, let's do it. Anybody else out there let your husband talk you into crazy stuff? Like, it's insane. So I got my life jacket on that seemed way too tight, and they pulled the boat up to the dock and got the little single tube pulled up close, and I went to step into it, because of course, I was going to sit down in the little mesh area in the center, and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm getting inside the tube. And he said, no, 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 we're going to superman it. And I was like, what? (laughs) There's no way. And he's like, oh, yeah, babe. We got this. Just jump on. Laying across the top of the tube, grab the front handles. And I said, Joe, that's what I often call him, especially in situations like this. I'm like, I'm going to break my back. And in classic JF fashion, he's like, it's going to be great. So I jump on. And I managed to just barely grab the front handles. When he jumps directly on top of me, he grabs the same handles and screams, let's go. Not only was the air completely knocked out of my chest, the second the boat took off, I lose the grip, so I'm hanging on by just my left and left hand screaming, no, 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 it wasn't even 100 yards. I'd already spilled directly into the water. I'm like, I feel like I'm drowning. And now we're in the middle of the lake and we're needing to both get back on this tiny little tube that I feel like was for a child. And he tells me, no, I gotta get on first. Like, babe, there's no way that you can sit on me while being dragging across the lake. And so, I swear, it was like 20 attempts, 20 different times somehow trying to climb aboard in the middle of the lake, figuring out a way to balance both of our weights. I mean, not that there's that much of a difference, but still... And we kept flipping over and everybody's on the dock. They're laughing and laughing. And I feel like my strength is getting so much weaker. And at one point, JF yells back to me and he goes, just be stronger. And I'm like, uh, if I would, I could. I've got to be honest. I think most of us feel like that's what scripture is doing, right? It just constantly screams at us, be stronger. But it's not. It's actually the opposite. By the way, we finally both got on, but the only way we could get on was to fit, I was to fit between his legs and then he's leaning all the way back, which ended up meaning that he was dragging across the majority of the lake with his head literally under the water. I know you think I'm kidding, but a very distant and kind of grainy picture actually captured the moment. You gotta see this. This picture, this is it. I swear I thought he was gonna die. But we both survived, and now we have this incredible memory that I'm still a little sore from. But maybe that's what you really have always thought or felt when you read those words in Scripture. Maybe you feel like it's the writer screaming, Hey, you! Just be stronger! And you're screaming, feeling super weak. I promise I would be stronger if I could. What you need to know is that the word here that's translated strong is correct, but in the original language, it's even more specific. It literally means empowered. So Paul isn't saying, hey, you be stronger. He's saying, be empowered. What's wild is that he also tells us exactly where we should get that empowering. Let's look at the verse again. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong, meaning be empowered, But how, from whom or what, Paul, what are you saying? In the Lord and in his mighty power. Wait, Paul, how do we do that? I want you to notice that he said in the Lord, not just by the Lord or from the Lord. He's explaining that true empowerment comes when we're willing to abide in the Lord. What does that word even mean? Part of abiding in the, in the Lord is when we're continually allowing His Word, His Holy Spirit, to search us and know us in our innermost thoughts. It's what Jesus Himself was talking about when He called Himself the vine in John 15. Look, John 15, starting in verse 4. Remain in me, Jesus said, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. He's saying, unless you're willing to remain in me, you'll never experience the fullness of power that I have for you and your life. Yeah, you can experience my salvation and go to heaven, but what about the empowering that I have for you here and now? You can experience more and more of that as you spend more time in God's word, in His presence, as you listen to His Spirit, and as you follow and allow Him to direct you. Sometimes it looks as simple as remembering everything the Lord has done for you, how He's shown His love and His protection and His power during specific times of your life. Paul understood how powerful this concept is. In fact, 22 times in this letter to the Ephesian church, Paul speaks of being in Christ or in him, meaning the Lord, because he knew the power and freedom that abiding brings. We see this in the song of Moses. Remember Moses? Recorded in Exodus, where Moses sings out to remember, but also to teach others and so that others can hear future generations would remember thousands of years later the accounts of the Lord's power and what God had done for them in the past. Look at me, Exodus 15. It's so rad. It says, Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted, both horse and the driver He's hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He's become my salvation. He's my God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he's hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. And that's part of the power of worship. It's singing to the Lord, but also sometimes singing about what he's done. It's remembering and teaching and reminding ourselves and others that even when we don't feel strong, that it was never about us in the first place. That it's, that's for somebody right now. I I really feel that. You don't have to feel strong to be strong. Why? Because it's in Him. His mighty power. I love how the psalmist said it. Psalm 18, starting in verse 32. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and he causes me to stand on the heights. God doesn't give us his strength to just hang out and gloat about how strong we are. No, God said he makes my feet able to withstand the hard and rocky places that he's calling me to. He doesn't make the paths easier. He makes my feet able to withstand those paths. And that's the next point that Paul makes in this passage. Let's go back to Ephesians 6. Back to verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What we're talking about today is spiritual warfare. And we need to understand, number one, your strength. We need to understand whose strength it really is and where it comes from, right? But number two, if you're taking notes. I want you to write your struggle. Paul is explaining that the reason we need more of God's strength is because there is a struggle. Not that there might be, but that there 100% is. Ephesians 6, verse 11. Look again. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Friend, the devil is always scheming. He doesn't take summers off. I don't care how hot it is. Stop being caught off guard by this. We are called to a battle, a war, a struggle. And the struggle is real. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, in heavenly realms. Paul describes this struggle to the church in Corinth too. And I love reading how he writes it to them. Second Corinthians 10, starting in verse three, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. And stop right there. We do still wage war. Do you hear that? We as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are in a war. We just do battle with very different artillery. Verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, meaning the ones we have access to, have defined power, power from God because of His strength to demolish strongholds. I think this is one of the great injustices that we commit as the American church. Can I say that? We don't talk about this part of the Christian life near enough. We talk about blessings and abundance, and don't get me wrong, the Lord has wonderful things for all of us, but He's also calling us to a battle. We have Joint Base Lewis-McChord just down the street, and shout out to all our military families, man, we love you, and I would venture to bet that no one that signs up or enlists in the military would ever walk onto the base at JBLM and say, wait, you want me to prepare for possible battle? That's crazy. You want me to train for my position and post to potentially fight and defend our country? No. Why? Because they're aware of what they're signing up for. But that's not always the case with us Christians, is it? Especially here in America. Far too often, we don't even want to recognize that so much of what God has for us requires for us to engage in the struggle. And for us to actually battle. And because we don't say that enough, when the enemy comes at us with all of those schemes that Paul wrote about, we immediately think one of two things. We think, oh, see, God doesn't really love me. If he loved me, I would never have to walk through hard times. Where is that in scripture? It is nowhere. It couldn't be more opposite from the truth. Or some of us think, number two, when we encounter some sort of struggle or battle We don't go to that thought. Maybe we go to, see, this Christianity thing isn't real anyway. My life was supposed to be better and get better when I said yes to Jesus, not worse when the reality is that Jesus himself put it this way when asked about following him. Matthew 16, verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Meaning all that stuff, that comfort that we naturally want It has to be put on the back burner if you actually want to seek God's kingdom first and take up their cross and follow me. Think about that picture, taking up your cross. Think about Jesus carrying the cross that they made to crucify him. He was beaten and hurting, and he carried it through those streets naked, embarrassed, mocked, spit on. And that was just the cross-carrying part. And Jesus said, that's what you and I have to be willing to do. If we want to bear his image, verse 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. I think about that song of Moses that we read earlier, how he was singing of God's power to deliver him and all of Israel at the time. And I thought about how we all want to experience the deliverance without having to go through the dilemma. Tweet that, friends. I want to say it again we all want to experience the deliverance without having to go through the dilemma we want to experience god's power his might without actually having to be in a situation that needs it and that's me too none of us want to be standing on the shores of the red sea with an army in the distance coming to kill us or take us back into captivity None of us want to have to rely on God to split a sea down the middle and for us to have to walk through massive walls of terrifying water on both sides, trusting God every step of the way. But there are lessons and power that God wants to instill in us in those moments that we can never fully receive in moments of comfort or moments where we don't really need Him to show up. Spiritual warfare is real. It's more real than anything that we see in front of us. And God has strength for us in the middle of the struggle. Number one, your strength. It comes from the Lord. It comes from abiding in Him. Number two, your struggle. It's not because God is mad at you. It's because of this Christian life. It's what we're called to. Stop letting it catch you off guard. It's in these moments where we learn and grow more than any other. And number three, your stand. Let's go back to Ephesians. I want to look at Ephesians 6 again. We're going to start at the very beginning of verse 10 because I want it, I want you to see this all together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, God is calling us to stand. But what does that even mean? It means to be ready and prepared, to be willing to man the post and the assignment that God's called you to in this moment, regardless of what the enemy throws at you. It means to hold our ground against the adversary that hates us and hates what God is wanting to do through us more than any other thing. The Bible uses phrases stand or stand firm or stand firm in the faith countless times. I love how Paul says it in 1 Corinthians. Let's look at verse uh, 57 of chapter 15. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Meaning keep doing what he's called you to unless he tells you otherwise. Knowing that in the Lord, oh, there's that phrase again, as long as you're abiding in him, keeping your heart pure before him, doing it for him, your labor is not in vain. As we close this this morning, I want you to look with me at the first time anyone was commanded to stand firm. It's that same story of Moses and Exodus. We know how that story ended, but I want you to pay attention to how the people felt in that moment before they felt empowered with God's strength, before they'd been totally delivered from the dilemma, right? Delivered by God. And when they were smack dab in the middle of the struggle, because maybe some of us here can possibly relate to that feeling. Exodus 14, starting in verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us here to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Verse 12, didn't we say to you, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to have served the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Verse 13, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Can I repeat those same words of Moses to you today? Friend, regardless of how weak you feel, God's strength is available to empower you. He just asks you to be in him, in his presence, meditating in his word, thinking on what he's done and what he's desiring to do, listening to him, regardless of the struggle or the battle that we find ourselves in. It's not because he's angry at you. He'll use it all to bring that empowering. He's just calling you to stand. But not to stand alone. Stand together. I know that we will see his deliverance and everything that he's desiring to do in and through us. We keep talking about it over and over. But this letter to the church in Ephesus is filled filled with so many military and battle pictures. And as we read in this last chapter, Paul concludes his instructions with not just telling us to stand, but how to stand. He articulates all the various pieces of God's armor for us and how that will all help us in standing. So in light of that, next week we're going to start a new series called Suit Up. We'll be looking at each and every individual element of the armor of God and how each one plays a role in helping us to stand and fight in the battle, in this battle that God has called us all to. We're so excited for that. But right now, I want to pray for you. Maybe you can relate to my story of J.F. yelling, Hey, be stronger! Maybe he wants so badly to be strong, but you're like, Oh, I feel as weak. Can I give you some news? Scripture said that Paul felt that exact same way in 2 Corinthians 12, and that the Lord replied to him, my strength and power are best displayed in the moments when you're not confident in yourself at all. That's Ashley's version. But you need to hear that. You don't have to feel strong to be in his strength. I personally take comfort in that. Maybe you're watching and you're overwhelmed with the struggle that you're in. Maybe you're like those Israelites screaming to Moses. Maybe you didn't know or maybe you forgot that the Christian walk is supposed to be a battle, that God calls us to be engaged in this struggle and that you need help with being able to shift your perspective to remember that. We cannot see God's deliverance until we're willing to be in the dilemma. Or maybe you just want prayer to be able to stand the way God's calling you to. I need prayer for that too. It's part of why we're gonna dive into this new series next week. JF and I know that God is calling us all to new levels in him. And we want to make sure that we're all suited up for this battle that he's leading us into. As we pray today, if you've never said yes to following Jesus and to his love and his forgiveness and the greater life that you can have right now, I want you to do that. You don't have to have specific words or fancy words or just tell him. He's called you to live abundant purpose, friend. Not an easier life, but a life that's bigger than anything that you could have ever dreamed. If you feel that tug, say yes to him today. Man, he has so much for you. I want to pray with you right now. Lord, you know every person watching. God, you know their exact situation. Some watching on break, at work some listening in the car, some have kids running all around, some feel more alone than they could ever imagine they would have ever felt. Lord, right now, we ask that you would be so real, so real in this moment to them. Lord, that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would Show your love in such real and tangible ways, God, that you would help us to understand the concept of your love and that you have strength for us, that you have strength for us that we could never imagine. Lord, help us to know, to begin to understand what it looks like to abide in you, to draw from your strength, to be empowered by you and your Holy Spirit and your love. Lord, I just ask that you would help us. Some of us are in the middle of the struggle of our lives. We feel like those Israelites with the army behind us and the most terrifying water on each side. And and maybe we're even screaming to our leaders like the Israelites did to Moses. Like, why did you bring us here? We'd rather be slaves. God, help us in this moment to understand that the battle really is yours that it's by your strength and by your might and that we will never be in these struggles alone and to understand that you desire to bring deliverance, but you can't show us your deliverance until we're in the middle of the dilemma. Help us, God. Help us, Lord, to understand that. And God, I just pray right now that you would help us to stand. Lord, whatever you're calling us to right now, whatever assignment or situation, The purpose, Lord, help us to hear your voice and help us to obey. Help us to stand our ground, regardless of how hard it is, regardless of how confusing the situation is, regardless of how many times, like I do, scream at you and say, why is this happening, Lord? Help us to trust you in these moments so that we can see, God, the way that you're going to move, and that you're going to be glorified in all of it. Lord, I thank you for my friends that said yes to you. I pray that you would just give them the courage to step out, to text us, text PACIFIC to 84576 so that we can connect. Lord, I'm so grateful that you never created us to walk this journey alone. Lord, we thank you for your spirit, for your word, for your love, and for our amazing community. In Jesus' name, amen, amen,
0: amen. Man, what a way to wrap this series. Here's some questions. Number one, what is the difference between being strong and being empowered? What does it mean to abide in the Lord? What are two habits you can adopt to help you stay in tune to where the Lord is leading and what he's asking of you? Number two, what is spiritual warfare? How might knowing about spiritual warfare change how we see and do things? What does it mean to stand in the context that Paul is describing? What does that mean for you specifically in your current season of life? Hey, make sure today, this week, take some time and meditate on those questions. Once again, I encourage you get involved in a small group. Hey, what a, I mean, summer is here. We're already feeling the heat, man. We're excited about it. And one way we can do life together even better is in in community in these smaller groups. And so go over to our website, make sure you see what's going on there with our different small groups. Also, hey, we want you to know that there's all kinds of new things happening, more in gathering, uh, worship gatherings on Sundays. We're gonna be gathering in parks and uh, I don't know, by the lake and all these different things that we love to do in the Northwest. We're gonna do it together as a church. So make sure you're following us on social media and hey if you're able to give just text the word pacific to 84576 and there's a link i know i mentioned it at the beginning of this online gathering but a link will come your way you can click right on there you can give there and uh, of course you can always mail your checks to our p.o box and so hey i want you to know how much we love you this is an exciting season It's a brand new season in the life of our church. And so I just want to encourage you to do everything you can. Make every effort to get into community. All right. Hey, have a wonderful day. Try to stay cool. Get into some water. Spray the hose at your kids. I don't know. I know that's what I probably I'm going to do this afternoon with my little ones. But hey, love you guys. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.